sort of voice do you have when you can't physically use it? Hmm. You're thinking I've gone completely mad. But in actual fact, you know how I sound on this podcast. But if you were to read my website, would you hear my voice as you are reading it? What about your website? Does your site sound like you? And if it doesn't, is it time to bring someone in who can make it so? In this episode, we're making conversations about freelancing count. What's new, Wendy Wu? Well, thanks to you guys, I'm seeing my Making Conversations Count book flying off the Amazon shelves. And I've already had some feedback about how it's been great to have a starting point to reach out to those customers that they have always wanted to talk to. Thanks for your feedback. It's really important to share these episodes on social media. Do let your friends, family, colleagues know. We try to bring you something of interest in every show. You can find them all on our brand spanking new and growing website, makingconversationscount.com. This week, we've had a couple of email reviews come in, so I'm going to read them out to you. If you send yours, I promise to do my best to give you a shout out. Wendy, I connected with you on LinkedIn last week after my friend Don mentioned what a great power obsession he had with you. Then I saw you had a podcast and I knew I had to listen. I've listened to a few episodes already and I love them. Thanks so much for all you're doing to keep the conversation going. I hope to be a guest at some point in the near future. Jason. Well, thank you, Jason. It was great to be connected with you. I will take a look and let's have a conversation about getting you as a guest on the show. Dear Wendy Wu, that really has stuck, hasn't it? Just click the link in your episode to drop you an email because I found you on Spotify and I absolutely love your accent. I'm listening in Dunedin, Dunedin, I hope I've said that right, in Florida, here in the US. I'm also really enjoying the chats you're having with your many insightful guests. Keep up the good work, John. Well, John, I'm just chuffed to bits that you're listening all the way over the pond in the US. Do stay tuned. Here's the last one. To the conversation, lady. Your podcast is pure dead brilliant. Thanks to James Daniel. He's got me thinking of new ways to get off my bahooki and reach new customers. Bryn in Aberdeen. Well, thank you, Bryn. I'm glad that you're off your bahooki. I'm off to Google what that actually means. Now then, let's get this conversation going today about freelancing. I am joined in the studio by Sarah Townsend, number one bestseller as seen in Forbes, survival skills for freelancers. Let's get on with the show. We met, I think, through one of the podcast guests that's been on in the past. Yeah, well, we met, I think, through Henny on LinkedIn. And 
she had just put a post out about two of her favorite podcasts, one of which was yours. And I think I just messaged you from there and said, oh, I'd love to chat sometime. I love doing podcast interviews. One of my favorite things. And uh, yeah, just went from there. Yeah. And it's been interesting because before we came on air, you were saying you were talking about some of the past episodes and what you loved. So it's great when guests can give me that sort of feedback as well, because that's really what helps us make it a better show for the listeners as well and telling the right sort of story. So that was really good. Thank you. You've kind of given me a chest blush. So, Sarah, tell me a little bit more about your book and the journey that has taken you on. Long story short, I have 20 plus years of freelance experience. And when I first started, I was juggling two things that I knew nothing about, which was being a mum and starting a business. And I found it really hard. And I thought I was actually the perfect candidate for freelance life. I knew I was good at the writing and the editing. That was the thing that I wanted to do to make money. And I'm also naturally very driven, very focused, very organized. So I thought it was going to be a bit of a breeze if I'm a honest. walk in the um, park. But it really wasn't. Part of the reason it wasn't was because I didn't know what I didn't know. So there are a lot of things that trip freelancers up. The isolation of working on your own, the self-doubt, imposter syndrome, fear of failure. A lot of it is mindset stuff. So I wanted to write a book that would share in a very personal way. It's a very heart on your sleeve, very realistic, tell it like it is kind of book. I wanted to share the mistakes I had made and the lessons I'd learned so that other people can accelerate their own freelance journey so they can get there a lot quicker and with a lot fewer mistakes. I think that's important. Certainly, I was seeing something on the feed, which was about how to manage teams. And I thought, goodness, this is just aimed at people who can afford to employ Yet the same principles apply to solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, you know, owner-managed businesses still need to have experts in their own business external to them. So using freelancers, for example, we can choose the best in our budget. You know, we still want a great team around us because we can't do everything ourselves, can we? Precisely that. And that's one of the chapters. So the book busts the eight myths of freelance life as I see them and the things that certainly that I came up against time and time again. And one of those is that feeling of, oh my gosh, I've got to do everything for my business. I've got to do my own sales, marketing, admin, social media, accounts, accounts, IT, you name it. And, And even from the perspective of a freelancer or a small business owner, as you rightly say, we want to surround ourselves with this kind of cheerleading team of people who are all experts at what they do. And they're all doing their own little expert bits for our own business. So that's kind of the dream. Outsourcing is the way. Absolutely. And because otherwise you're so busy trying to run a business that you're not actually doing any activity on making any money. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And what's worse, you get to the end of the week and you look back and you realise you've spent half your time doing things not only you don't enjoy, but you know you're not good at and they're not making you money. So at the end of the week, you actually feel a bit rubbish about yourself and a bit down on yourself because you get your sense of self-worth often, particularly if you're a creative person, from doing the thing that you love and the thing that gets you out of bed in the morning. So yeah, passion has got to be at the heart of everything that you do. So I can see why you called it a survival skills. 
world has changed and copy is leading the way in lots of instances. Have you seen a new trend in what you do? In terms of the copywriting side of things, I would say I am busier. I mean, if there's a trend, it's just that I think people are really waking up to the value of professionally written copy. I am busier than I've ever been. And that's saying something. I mean, 21 years down the line, I've been busy. The highs and lows have been kind of pretty much long gone, but every copywriter I know who is good at what they do and experienced and has their business set up as a business, they're all busy. So I don't know whether it's people are starting to realize the value of outsourcing or starting to realize the value of marketing to make their business stand out from the crowd. The thing that I call my superpower in my business is really identifying and articulating the things that make businesses special. And all businesses seem to have woken up to the need for that. And and they all want a piece of the pie. It's about having the same voice on paper and online, isn't it, as it is in real life. And I think that's really important. And so people are realising that they're not being found. So how are they going to get found and what is it that's going to connect with people on that level? Absolutely. I think that authentic voice that you just mentioned, that's so important to a business. And, And it's something that actually kind of comes across in the book. Like people will say that they've read the book and it's like having a conversation with me because of the way I write. So in an ideal world, businesses would write about their own services in the same way. And it feels like, you know, you're getting the heart of the business owner in everything you read about that business, all the touch points, all the platforms. Yeah, really important. Yeah, I've had some feedback on my own book. There's a lot of people that have bought it that do know me and know me quite well and have come back and gone, Wendy, you're in my head. You're literally (laughs) talking to me as I'm reading off the page. Yeah, that's so lovely. You're obviously great at writing yourself. That's brilliant. I have to say sorry to everybody that can hear me in their head. That can't be a pleasant experience. (laughs) That's a win though, isn't it? That's fantastic. Yeah, what I must do in the next edit is put some telling off in there. So then that'll be a little (laughs) bit truer to personality. I wanted to let you know I'm offering a £50 discount on my very popular and successful one-to-one power-ups. Go to makingconversationscount.com forward slash power-up offer to claim it. Everybody that comes on the show has got a story. They've got a conversation that's really resonated with them to the point that they can go back and say that particular conversation really did make a difference to where I am now. And I think it's those conversations are really important because it's not all rose-tinted glasses. We, as business owners, do get our knees grazed from time to time. But the thing is, we keep going. And we keep going. And it's those kind of conversations that really do help hold us up. Yeah. So I, having listened to a lot of your other episodes, I was thinking, God, you know, pressure's on to come up with a pivotal moment. And for me, the obvious one was the conversation that led to me going freelance, but I've talked about that a lot on podcasts. So I thought I'd come up with something a little bit different. So 
this particular conversation is kind of representative to me of the need for small business owners and freelancers to always keep an open mind because it's really easy for us to judge the people we meet as not being our dream client or the perfect potential customer for us. But the thing is, you never know who the person you're having a conversation with, who they're connected to. You don't know who they're married to or who they're related to or who their best friend is or their closest business peer. So this conversation, it took place at a bus stop just up the road from where I live. Oh, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) I was setting the scene for you. I was heading into Cheltenham to meet a client in the afternoon on a, a sunny Wednesday. And I'm naturally a curious person and I'm naturally quite chatty and quite extrovert. I love hearing people's stories. So there was a lady at the bus stop. We got chatting about whether we'd missed the bus or not. She was sort of telling me about where she worked and turned out she was a receptionist at the doctor's surgery in Sirencester, which is where I was born. And it was the doctor's surgery where my mum goes, just up the road from where I used to live. The world was getting smaller as you were speaking. absolutely, with with every conversation. So I was asking her a little bit more about how she came to the area. And um, she said to me, well, what do you do? And I said, I'm a freelance marketing copywriter. That means I provide the words for businesses to promote themselves. And um, I said, I work with designers and photographers and this sort of thing to help them market their business. And she said, oh, my son's a graphic designer. He's just moved to the area and he doesn't know anyone. So I dug out a business card from my purse. I said, oh, she'd give him this because I work a lot with graphic designers. You never know if he needs a copywriter, tell him to get in touch. We had sat together on the bus. I got off the bus, went off to my meeting, didn't really give it a second thought, but it was one of those serendipitous sort of chance moments that can happen to anyone at any time. And I think because I'd kept an open mind, And thought, well, you know, every opportunity is an opportunity to share a business card. Well, when we're not in lockdown, at least. (laughs) About three, four months later, I got an email from this guy. And I thought, I don't know this guy's name. And um, read through to the end of the email. And it turned out that this was the son, the graphic designer of the lady at the bus stop. And he said, oh, I'd love to be in touch. I'm actually working with a client at the moment, an e-learning business, and I'm doing the graphic design and they're looking for a copywriter. Would you be interested? So I would say that was now four or five years ago. He has become a good friend of mine. He's somebody that I co-work with on a regular basis when we're um, not in lockdown. We both work at the gym in the lounge bar together and pass the time of day and put the world to rights about (laughs) difficult clients and the joys of freelancing. Strategizing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, let's call it that. And um, since then, he has introduced me to, I would say, three major clients who I would never have had the opportunity to work with had I not had that conversation with a random lady at a bus stop in Hocklecote. So yeah, pivotal. Yeah, because so many things have come just from that chance encounter, which I absolutely love. 
And, and I can sort of say that it does happen. It has happened to me. I've been at the supermarket unloading my trolley onto the conveyor belt and the person in front of me has been very apologetic because they'd got what seemed like two trolleys worth into one trolley. It was heaped up high. <laughs> and I was like, don't worry, I'm not in any rush. Actually, it's quite nice to get a break from unloading the trolley to then have to load it again the other side. And I was joking about how I normally get my shopping delivered. So it was a bit of a treat to go shopping and we got to chat in it's like oh so what how come you don't come in well because I work from home and oh what do you do and it was like oh I'm just been putting an advert together looking for somebody that does just what you do oh wow and have you got a business card and I was like you know it's one of those you go shopping I don't have a handbag normally 25 years ago I used to get the mickey taken out of me for having you know one of those bum bags Oh, really? Just, just enough, you know, at the time it was one of those checks that you'd say phone, keys, bags, dough. You know, I don't do smoking anymore. But yeah, so it was It was kind of a, I had got one in my phone case that I could pass over and said, well, by all means, you know, get in touch. And it's because now something that I adopt a lot of the time is that you never know where a conversation will lead. Exactly. And it's those endless ripples, isn't it? That's what I love. It's the unknown potential of every chat you have with someone. You just think it could be a chance meeting and they could know someone who could be the next person who's going to get you the biggest opportunity of your career. You just never know. Absolutely. I love that. stops, shopping checkouts. I met a client in the sauna, just chatting to a guy in the sauna. Oh, isn't it great when you work for yourself and you can come to the gym in the middle of the day, break up the day, get your productivity back on track. Oh, you know, what do you do? Oh, I do this. Oh, well, I do this. You know, connected three, four years later, he became a client. This is the thing, isn't it? Those conversations can start. And like you said, with your friends that you work with now, that took a few months and the sauna took, you know, a few years. There is no telling on the timing that these things will come to fruition, but certainly sowing those seeds will. And there's something else that sort of came to mind as well when you were saying about you never know who knows who. I'm part of a ladies networking group. I'm not as active as I should be because I'm just everywhere else. So there's only so much time in the day. But I have to give credit where credit is due. And it's that when I go to those meetings and it's been nearly a year since I've been able to to physically do that. I love the women that are there. They're business owners. They're carving their own craft and journey. So I applaud them for that. They're not going to be the people that I will work with. But because we're all in the same boat, if you like, doing similar things, that is what connects us. However, what has happened is that those relationships with those women has led to my husband does. Oh, and my husband does. And, oh, and we go drinking with. Yes. And it's because you become down from the business sort of stance. You know, I'm speaking all like posh and professional. And because you're yourself and that authenticity of who you are, that's what people can recommend. Yes. The know, like and trust, isn't it, at the most basic level? People don't choose to work with you because you're the best at what you do. They choose to work with you because you're likable and, you know, you make work for, I mean, you've got to be reliable. Of course, you've got to deliver on time and you've got to deliver on budget, but ultimately the clients who come back, they come back because they enjoyed working with you. 
Oh, Sarah, what a brilliant, brilliant story to share. And I thought it was just me that got told off by the family for talking to strangers. <laughs> I make my kids embarrassed because they're like, oh, mum, why do you have to talk to everyone? Like, oh, no, it's a good thing. <laughs> I do it for a living. I pick up the phone and I talk to strangers and I train people to pick up the phone and speak to strangers. But doing it in, you know, just in your relaxed, this is me kind of mode, magic can happen anywhere. Sarah, I'm so glad that we met, that we've had this conversation, that we've been able to share this story with the listeners. If anybody wants to pick up the conversation with you, if they've had a serendipitous moment, where do they find you? Well, certainly connect with me on LinkedIn, but do, if you do drop me a little personalised note so I know that you found me through Wendy's podcast, that would be lovely. But probably the easiest way to find me is survivalskillsforfreelancers.com. That landing page for the book has a link through to my copywriting website. It has links to my email address, my social media, and also you can click the link to find my book on Amazon. That's survivalskillsforfreelancers.com. So there's no escape. They can get you from all directions. Do follow the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can do so on Apple by clicking the ellipses at the top right of my podcast page and you can click follow and then click settings. Make sure the notifications are enabled as well as the automatic downloads. So you definitely get told about future episodes as they're released. And on Spotify, well, they've got a big green button that you can't miss. If you're new to the podcast, don't forget to go to makingconversationscount.com and listen to the episodes you've missed. We've had guests talking about marketing, personal branding, social selling, traditional selling and even mindset. Next week, we are going to be bringing you Paul Furlong. I'd made these two short films and the first short film that we'd made... I'd, I'd really enjoyed making, didn't know what I was doing. I, I kind of made it up on the spot and, and all my friends with me, none of us had studied it, we, we kind of made it. Mm-hmm.